straight away with the attention-grabbing opening screen. There he is. Okay, so you'll see a lot of this kind of stuff in the media. And it could be Goldman's, it could be Morgan Stanley, it could be a hedge fund, it could be an analyst. And we'll look at all of those and what their ideas are. So I'm going to share with you their ideas. But more importantly, which of their ideas make my filtered list? What's suitable for an ISA? What's suitable for a SIP? How you work out your risk? So on a scale of 0 to 10, if you're at a 0, what would be suitable? And if you're on a 10, which for me doesn't mean sort of tiny little lame stocks or gambling on crypto or anything like that. 10 still a big, massive, multi-billion dollar company. It just means it's got higher volatility then what kind of companies might be suitable? If you're in the middle, which most people are, five, six, or seven, then how you create that portfolio. I take about 10 minutes a year creating my portfolio and five minutes a month just monitoring it. So I'm going to give you the process for that as well as stocks that I like, which are suitable for my SIP or ISA. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. And those are the picks. Uh, hi, Rickin. Are you back? Are you back from Dubai? Oh, you're, you're in Dubai. Fantastic. Hi. How are you doing, mate? Uh, and from Hamburg, that's great to read as well. We've got Buckinghamshire, Wembley, Hornchurch, London um, uh, as well. So fantastic, fantastic, fantastic from a whole bunch of places, people. Good, good, good. Remember, this webinar is about investing. It's not about trading. It's about investing, which means holding for 12 months. Okay, so that's the way we're going to look at it. So now everybody's ready. Everyone's got everything. Let's just run through it. This is a series of presentations that I've been giving, which is to teach more people how to be better investors. Okay, I've been doing it for donkeys. So it's a collection of my insights. I'm going to give you all a free copy of my international bestselling book to download as well, because I don't want anybody leaving my webinars, not being, you know, not having uh, lots of bribes and, and liking it. My reasons for investing will be the same as yours. Most people think it's about funds. Yes, of course, it is about funds and making money. Uh, but actually, it's pretty fulfilling, particularly for uh, uh, the other reasons there, philanthropy and freedom. Enough of that. We'll touch upon that. I think investing is the best profession to be in. When I was young, I decided I'm going to, as well as whatever day job I'd have, and at that time I wanted to be a lawyer, I would also invest on the side because I'll make my money work harder. And uh, thank God I did, uh, because in actual fact, that's why you want it. So let's just start off with this, what people may be considering. They're thinking about whatever salary they're earning, Rickin, you know, tax-free out in Dubai. It's going to go even further. And they're thinking, right, what do I do with a bit of extra cash? And it might be 10,000 they've got, it might be 100,000, it might be a million. And these are some of the questions that they've got at the moment. And we'll come to SIPs, ISAs, pensions, all the rest of it in a second, right? Uh, will profitable companies be better than unprofitable ones? Well, yeah, on the whole, it's going to be less risky. They're the type I'm going to pick. I'm not going to talk about loss-making companies because I don't like gambling. Will loss-making companies turn around? They might do, but it's not my kind of pick because I want you to get into this mindset. The stocks you pick are companies whose management you're asking to look after your money for your pension. If you buy into Microsoft or PayPal or Costco or Square or Adobe or Disney, whatever, you're asking them to look after your money and give you a return for your pension, right? That's pretty serious. Or your children's inheritance. That's pretty serious, okay? So I don't like gambling or speculating. Got it? So I'm not going to be gambling or speculating. Now, if you think all investing is gambling and speculating, then get a bank account because it's got zero volatility and risk. And the thing I like to teach people as an example is this. Microsoft is probably the lowest volatility stock I can think of. Okay, I'm probably the safest company I can think of. I might argue the toss on it, but I have 10,000 stocks. It is probably the lowest volatility one I can think of. It dropped 20% in February of 2020 when COVID hit. It dropped 20% in a month. If you don't like that kind of volatility, you shouldn't be investing. Now, you might think, well, that was okay, Albert, because then it went up 50% and you made the money back. Exactly. We want the kind of companies which are resilient. We don't have to hold forever but at least we're not trying to make we're not trying to make money every month that ain't going to happen and you might say well that was just because it was one stock you mentioned if you had 15 that wouldn't have happened no every single group of 15 stocks dropped that month on the downside everything's correlated diversification doesn't help you when the markets fall news flash it did in the 1960s and 70s the world's too interconnected so we're going to learn some of this stuff so you you understand how to think more clearly about investing will tech sell off or rise i don't know it's a gamble i don't know i could give you a crystal ball answer or the kind of answer i might give on the bbc about well you know but i'm not going to risk my pension on it and here's another way i want you to think about your pension and your children's inheritance and you might be in your 20s starting with just 5k 
okay? Or you might be in your 50s and 60s as a business owner with millions in the bank. Either way, the thinking's the same. 10,000 CVs is what 10,000 stocks are. They're, they're CVs asking to be hired to manage that capital. So you better look at 10,000, not 100, not just, oh, just pick companies from the FTSE 100. Well, or by geography or by style, okay? Because then what's going to happen is you're going to be fishing in too narrow a gene pool. So we're going to narrow it down from 10,000 to the best 2%. Yeah, it's harder to get into my portfolio than it is to get into Oxford University. And damn right it is. Because my portfolio is going to look after me in my old age and my child's inheritance. So you better get serious about it. Will inflation help financials or banks? I don't know. It's a gamble. Should do. Might not. So I'm not going to gamble on inflation. I'm not going to gamble on technology. Will revenue-growing companies generating lots of cash and profits be a safe haven? Yeah, they're less risk. Those are the kind of companies I want. Okay. Uh, 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 Mike says video not working. Mike, refresh the screen. Use Chrome. Uh, restart your computer. Don't know. It's not a problem at our end, right? V one of the key things with this is uh, we want resilient companies. In other words, we don't know if the market's going to rise or fall. There are years like 2018 when it actually fell and people like me were shocked that it did. We're not trying to time that market. This is about investing. I invest for 12 months, then I start all over again. Why? Because every company, every staff member, because a company is a staff member, is on probation. They've got to perform for 12 months. And you might say, well, they perform really well, Arpish. Why would you sack them and start again? Because they might have had, they might have got out of my approved list. They might have got out of my top 2%. They delivered me a 100% return. Thank you very much. Now go, because you can't do it again next year. You've done it. You're spent, right? So we start again. Why do you start again? Because if you don't pick from 10,000 and you only pick in year two from the pre-existing stocks you've already got, you've narrowed the gene pool to the pre-existing stocks you've got. And I've got a news flash. The rest of the market doesn't give a damn in year two what you held in year one. So that's why you've got to look from your list of 10,000. We'll go into all of this. Don't worry, but I'm going to teach you whoops, all of this in a second. Will US, UK, EU or China be best bet? I don't know. It's a gamble. I can take a guess, but I'm not into the business of guessing for my future. Okay. Will large or small companies do better? It's a gamble probably mid-sized ones for this year, but I'm not going to bet on that. I'm going to bet on resilient companies. How do I find resilient companies, which if the market falls, they don't fall as far. If the market goes up, they go up more than the market because that's the answer. It's what we want. Listen, all you ever wanted was companies which if the market were to fall, don't fall as far. Don't say to me, oh no, I wanted companies which go up if the market falls and go up if the market rises. Those don't exist. Bullshit. They don't exist, okay? Except in your imagination or on TikTok right? You want ones which if the market falls, they don't fall as far. And when it rises, they rise more. Of course, over a 12-month period, they might have fallen some days, but overall they were up, okay? But you're not going to get any company which rises every single day or every company which always rises whether the market is up or down. Doesn't exist. Does not exist. And don't give me names. Oh, Apple does. No, it doesn't. Tesla does. No, it doesn't. Okay? We want the kind which will be resilient. So we're going to go for ones in this because it's my pension. Uh, will be revenue growing companies generating lots of cash and profits because they're safer. It's less risk. Okay. Will lower volatility be safer? Yeah, by definition. That's the definition. So we're not going for high volatility. Now, if you want to go for high volatility, this isn't the webinar for you. If you want to blow your nuts off speculating, gambling on the markets, it's actually Ladbrokes you need. Uh, take the first right at the first junction. This isn't the webinar for you because it's we're talking pensions, SIPs, ISAs. Uh, we're talking children's inheritance. We're talking inheritance is a big word, okay? Uh, but you know what I mean. You might only be leaving them 10 grand. You might leave them 100 grand. You might leave them a million. Whatever it is, it's still an inheritance. How can I make a lot in a month? Don't watch this webinar. That's a gamble. Go look on TikTok. There's very many people who will tell you how to make lots of money in a month. They're lying, but they'll tell you. Go. Should you go for new things like NFTs and metaverse or traditional things like energy? Not sure. I'm going to look at what the companies are doing. I'm going to look at valuation, i.e. the profitability of the company relative to its share price. That's what we're going to do in this webinar. Revenue growth, cash flow, and cash flow growth. Because guess what? And you know this by looking out of the window during COVID. Companies which were generating cash did well. They were resilient. They would have done well in any environment. That's what we want. The kind of companies which do relatively well. Now, our returns will be dependent on whether the market gives us a tailwind. It's a bit like flying from New York to London. If you get a tailwind, you get there sooner. If you get a headwind, it takes longer. All you can do is steer the plane. So what we're going to do 
is we're going to pick those companies. If we get a tailwind like we did last year, we get a 50% return. If we get a headwind and all hell breaks loose and there's a nuclear war, we're all getting 0% return, just in case that was news to you, okay? In case you thought, no, Alpes, you're going to give us some secret stock, which in nuclear oblivion still goes up. No, okay? So just want to make that clear. Should I track an index? It's not bad, but you could do better. It's not bad. There's nothing wrong with it. Use an exchange traded fund if you did want to do that. Should I give it to a fund manager? No. Track an index. It's better. And better than an index is what I'm going to try and teach you. Should I copy a journalist? Stop tip. No, it's a gamble. That's why they're journalists. Uh, any other questions? Okay, I'll come back to the other questions later on. Thank you. South Africa, fantastic. Got quite a lot in South Africa. I guess it's time difference. And uh, Cardiff, thank you, kid. Sydney, Timothy, wonderful, wonderful. Stop doing what you guys are doing to my cricket team, will you? Anyway, enough of that. So let's go with the Goldman's list first, and then I'll go through the Morgan Stanley one, then I'll go through another Goldman's one, then I'll go through Warren Buffett's portfolio, and I'll go through some of the analysts. All of the ones are promising over 40% return. I don't care what they promise, okay? Uh, I care about whether or not, I'll show you what they're saying, but I'll show you what's also in my filtered list because I only care about what's in my filtered list because my filter, my filtration process is even tighter. And what, what I do in my filtered list is I go through all 10,000 stocks and then I narrow it down uh, even further. I'll just show you what that looks like. Okay, and I mark in green what meets my criteria. So there's about 10,000, all right? Boom, 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 all right? And then we go through. I'll go into this in detail. Please don't ask any questions yet. Trust me, I'll be answering them. All right, so we go through all of that and we work out what's got all the greens, what's got all the greens, okay? And why do I do that? Well, like I said, it's my old age, uh, so you better believe. Now, that only takes 10 minutes. Why? Because computers, right? Anyway, so let's look at what Goldman said. They said they like MP materials for this year um, because of the fat profit margins and fat growth. Well, that's fine. It doesn't make my approved list. And you might say, what the hell's wrong with you? Why not? Well, because I don't just look at sales growth and profit margins. I look at and write this down. I need every box to be ticked. It's like when I'm hiring people in my company. I'm sorry. I need. I do not compromise. I'm a son of a bitch when it comes to picking stocks or hiring people. I do not compromise, right? I need valuation, which is profitability relative to share price. We'll talk about that. Valuation. Growth growth in revenues, which is another word for sales, growth in earnings, okay? I need dividend yields because companies with better dividends as a whole do better than companies without dividends. It's a general rule, but there are exceptions to the rule. We know valuation is important. We know growth is important. We know income is important, dividend yields in other words. We know they're not the only factors. And we know there are exceptions to the rule. Well, the exceptions we don't care about so Tesla might go up. It didn't make, you know, didn't fit our profile. So what? We're not trying to predict the future for every single company. We just want to make sure our 15 to 20 to 30 to 40 stocks. We're going to own between 15 to 40 stocks. Okay, that's it. More than that, and I'll show you, you're being inefficient. Less than that, you're taking too much risk on, on any individual stock. And I'm going to show you that, okay, in a second. So that's the way we're going to do it. Now, this is the bit where you might want to take photos. Didn't make my approved list. Now, I hold it from last year when it was on my approved list. Because if it's on my approved list, I hold it for 12 months. I don't trade it in and out every month. Got it? We don't trade our investments. Write that down. We do not trade our investments because that would be a stupid thing to do, right? Uh, this did, I'm going to scroll through these as I talk. This did make my approved filtered list. I'm not going to give you a story about, oh, well, yes, yeah, in therapeutics, what they've done is they've discovered this new genomic uh, uh, methodology for curing all viruses before they even, blah, 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 blah. Story, story, schmories. I care about numbers. All companies have one thing in common. Every single company, whether it's in therapeutics or whether it makes sweets or chewing gum, they have three things in common. Balance sheet, profit and loss account, cash flow account. That's it. They have three things in common. We're going to look at those. And you might say, well, what about the story? Are you a good judge of stories? Really? I'm not a good judge of stories. I'm sure judging stories. I could have people pitching me 100 stories, and I love them all. Numbers? Numbers I like. Okay, and that's what we're going to go by. So that was on Goldman's list, and it was on my approved filtered list. And we're going to go through some more. Come on, Alpesh. Go through some more. Uh, will this be uploaded on YouTube to watch again? Jack, some of it will, some of it won't. Some of it I'm going to keep for the webinar because some of it's confidential. Like, I don't want to put on YouTube what my existing holdings are when three years from now somebody will go, Oh, oh, should we still buy them? So I don't know, Jack. Some of it will, some of it won't. Uh, please take photos, though. Uh, feel free to take photos um, of this. And some of it will be on my Telegram channel as well. Um, but you can assume, Jack, for now, yes, it will. 
you know, I'm not going to make you miss out. I'm not going to make you jump through hoops, Jack. Aspen did make my approved filtered list. I don't even know what they do. Can somebody look up what the hell they do? They did make my approved filtered list because they met value, growth, income, cash flow. And I'll come to why cash flow. There's a particular formula Goldman Sachs uses for its wealthy clients. Um, and you need to be having 50 million in your account to be one of their wealthy uh, private clients. Um, and that formula on cash flow generates 30% per annum over the long term, per annum, right? Not every year. It's not guaranteed. It's not 30% bank account. Nobody, those don't exist. Nobody has those. But some years it might be zero, some years it'll be more. So it averages out 30% according to their figures and their figures I've been using and it's been right. So that gives me 30%. I'm targeting 40. Okay. And in a good year like last year, you get 50%. In a bad year, you get 20 or 0%. But overall, it's looking at it over a number of years. Universal Display didn't make my list. It made theirs. NVIDIA previously was on my list. They might be in my list in 2020. It doesn't mean they're going to be there today. We don't hold about it forever. Um, somebody said, what about exchange risk? Um, when I'm looking at a 40% return, it's very rare the exchange rate is going to wipe that out. And also, it's as often in my experience likely to benefit me as not benefit me. So I don't mind holding that extra asset class of US dollars. So I don't worry about the exchange rate risk uh, because I'm looking at 40% returns. And sometimes you get 45 thanks to exchange rate. Sometimes you get 35 thanks to exchange rate. It irons out in the over the longer term. Uh, and I'm not trying to time the exchange rate on that. Marvel Technology is not the approved list. The reason I want to look at American stocks as well as British ones is because I need 10,000 CVs. The people who only look at UK companies for their SIPs or only UK companies for their ISAs are picking a narrow gene pool. And that narrow gene pool is what's screwing up their returns. Wait till you see the chart which shows you that the FTSE is still at 1999 levels. And that's, that's the benchmark most fund managers have. Most fund managers, so you're an let's say you're employed by whoever, and that employer has a relationship with a fund manager where they have to take from your salary, PAYE and all the rest of it, pay that to HMRC, but they've got to take your pension and give it to a fund manager. And that fund manager is going to be tracking as a benchmark the FTSE 100, which is at 1999 levels. And you might say, well, why is he doing that? Because it's at 1999 levels. It's a bloody low hurdle to jump over. So he looks good. And you don't notice that he's conning you and charging you 10% in fees every five years. I'm going to show you that figure as well, and it's going to blow your socks off, okay? Um, and I'll show you the Sunday Times article, which exposed this, and the Telegraph article, which exposed this bullshit that goes on. And we're talking about funds which are in your pension right now. We're not looking at some tiny little company, uh, and wealth managers, for that matter, who have to apologize like St. James's Place. Okay, so you've got IFAs, you've got fund managers, they're all screwing you over. Autodesk, not on the approved filtered list. Uh, was previously monolith okay so let me run through these viva was previously but it's not now that doesn't mean you get rid of it. it doesn't mean you if you held it when it was you're holding for 12 months okay meta platforms uh which meets one of my quality picks i have five quality picks i'll tell you the rest in a second those i hold whether on the approved list or not because if the world goes to hell in a handbasket those five quality picks I'm fine with. You might not want them, but I'm fine with. I'll tell you what the five are later. Meta's one of them. Zoom didn't make my list. New York Crime Biosciences did. I don't own this, by the way. It's on my approved list, but I don't because I can't own everything on my approved list. Uh, and I'll tell you which ones I own as well. And I reserve the right, all the ones which are on my approved list, I reserve the right to buy them after this webinar only because I've got to do my, it's my time's up. My 12 months are up. I've got to pick my next 12 months. Uh, to go forward. So, uh, and I've been a bit busy, so I've not had the chance to plug into my broker, go into the SIP and do it for myself, my wife, and my son's junior ISA as well, but because the 12 months are up. Okay, so booking, uh, not Palantir, not Paycom, not, by the way, Paycom was previously, Alphabet is, and it's one of my quality picks anyway, so it's fine. Uh, this is the Goldman's list, remember, time not on my approved. So that's that first list. I'll give you another 40 from Goldman's and I'll tell you what's in my portfolio in a second as well and what Morgan Stanley said and what's in mine and what's not. Um, both of those brokers said over 50% is what they think for 2020. Uh, sorry, 2022. Most people, this is your problem we're trying to solve. You hear something, you buy a bunch of stocks. We're going to need to remove this. We need to stop your portfolio looking like this. It's easy to buy stuff. It's very easy to get rid of it, okay? What we're going to do is you're going to have these are the numbers you're going to remember. 12, 15, 25, 40. 12 means 12 months holding. And I'll show you the statistics. It happens to be from Goldman's, but okay, why it's 12 months. 15 stocks, right? You're not going to, oh, I read another article. I thought I'd buy a bit of this. And we're going to have one strategy. We're not going to have 50 strategies. Oh, I've got my mate at the pub strategy. I've got my 
journalist on the internet strategy. I've got my TikTok channel strategy. I've got my Reddit strategy. I've got the cat's whiskers strategy. No, you're not going to have those. If you really want to do other strategies, gambling strategies like, oh, which I really want to be in IPOs or SPACs or crypto, that's fine. Not this webinar. Go do that elsewhere. Okay, separate. Keep that separate. It's called play money. It's like going to Vegas. It's not what this webinar is about. We're going to have one strategy. And that one strategy is which stocks tick valuation, growth, income, cash flow, momentum, consistent outperformance of the market. Don't worry, I'm going to repeat that. Okay, and people don't know when to let go, which is why I say 12 months, then we do it again. Now, you might say, no, Alpish, I can't do that. I had a really good year with Barclays in 1991. So I'm still holding on to it. I won't let go. I'm giving you an extreme example to show you the irrationality of people when they're investing. 12 months, you're on probation and we'll start again. If it so happens the same stock is also still on the approved filtered list, you might want to marry it for another year. But it's always on probation, right? And if you don't want to be son of a bitch with your portfolio, you're going to be poorer for it because you'll then be investing things for completely irrational, unrelated reasons. So I'm trying to get you to toughen up on your portfolio, give it a booting and say, listen, you deliver the results for my retirement and my kids, or you're out. That's how you've got to be talking to your portfolio. Not, I'll forgive you, you shit. You did nothing for five years, Mr. Stock, but I'll forgive you. It's okay. Flipping egg. If a plumber screws up and costs you 10 quid, you're going to threaten to take him to court. If your IFA or fund manager screws up and costs you you know, 10 grand, you're like, oh, never mind. It's all right, Neil Woodford. Oh, it's okay. You know, what is it with people? Right, your stock can only do one of two things. Your portfolio can either go up, in which case the five quality stocks you'd be holding anyway, okay, if you want to agree with my five quality stocks. You don't have to agree with them, and we'll come to them in the end. There's only five of them, and they're not, they're not exactly stocks for which I'd get paid the big bucks for mentioning, all right? Performance stocks, that's everything else. Out of 10,000, the top 2%, you'd hold them until the time runs out, i.e. 12 months runs out. Simple as that. The market's gone up. 12 months runs out. That's it. Then you exit. Oh, why don't you keep holding them? Because 12 months are up. They're on probation. Then you've got to look at, do the whole uh, thing again. Because in 12 months, the world changes a lot. If you don't believe the world changes a lot in 12 months, I don't know which planet you're living on. Right. If the market falls, if the market falls, and your portfolio falls because there's a headwind, I don't know, Russians nuke Ukraine or whatever, uh, uh, quality stocks, the five quality stocks, which are for me, Alphabet, Apple, Amazon, Meta, which is Facebook and Microsoft. Okay, the five quality stocks, I'd buy more. So if Microsoft fell 25%, I'd buy more. If Apple fell 25%, I'd buy more. Guess what? They're not going to fall 25%, sadly. But if they did, I'd just buy more. Uh, everything else is a performance stock. If the market fell, if they went down, well, either my 12 months will be up or if they've fallen 25% from the high since I bought them, then I'd exit. So I'll give you an example. Let's say something went up 100%, and then it went down, but then it was up just 75%. Well, it's dropped 25% from the peak since I bought it, which was, it went up 100%, then went down to 75. So I get out at 75 pence. Got it? Okay, simple as that. Uh, we'll come back to that again, right? Why do I keep it so simple? Well, because I quite like doing other things than just staring at a portfolio all day long. Don't get me wrong. I am a market geek. I do like staring at portfolios. Uh, so What's the problem? Why can't you do this? Why is this so complicated? Well, this is why it's so bloody complicated. I'm going to be anxious of all this data. It doesn't help you. It doesn't solve your problem. Your problem is twofold. One is what to look at, why it's important. And secondly, get the hell away from screens like this. So they don't solve the problem. They're just throwing information at you. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I love them. That might be somebody on my portfolio. Okay. So that's my father-in-law. Uh, on the webinar that I'm on right now, I'm trying to give him a heavy hint. I'm on a webinar. Um, look, which of these factors is important? Is it consensus? What the rest of the market thinks? Is it the target price? You might think so. Is it how much the directors have bought or sold? Or is it free cash flow? Oh, sorry, forecasted dividend yield. Or is it price to free cash flow? Or is it price to net asset value? Or is it as many greens as possible? Well, there's a lot of greens there, but guess what? In 2020, it was down 50%. You'd lost half your money in this. But oh, gosh, there's so many greens. Yeah. So is it gearing? Because that was red. Is that the problem? Right? So that doesn't help you. Doesn't Data being thrown at you and doesn't help you. So let's work out a better way of doing things. Like I said, value, growth, income, cash flow. We know we need the data, but we need to 
tick boxes with it and come up with names. We can't just come up with names because then we don't know if we should trust those names. So when Morgan Stanley says buy these stocks, this is literally what they said now because their speedy earnings will help them outperform as a more hawkish Fred rattles investors. So that's the US government raising interest rates, maybe the rest of the world following. So they came up with 35 stocks. I don't care they came up with 35. What I care about, so I tell my team, right, tell me which are on my approved filtered list. That's what I tell them. So they go through, they crunch the numbers. Only one of them, they told me about half an hour before this webinar, is on my approved filtered list, Lowe's. Full disclosure, I'm going to buy Lowe's after this webinar, okay? And I'll tell you why in a second, because it's on another hedge fund manager's list as well, and on my approved filtered. When something comes up in a lot of places, I buy. But that's suitable to me. That's not investment advice to you, because I don't know your personal circumstances. You might be on the brink of bloody bankruptcy. I can't give you individual stock-specific advice. I can teach you what I think is relevant. Then you can decide what's suitable for you based on risk uh, that you may or may not be willing to take, okay? Coca-Cola was on my approved list, and so were Adobe. They're not now as at the time of speaking. But what if I own Adobe, which I do, from eight months ago. Well, I'm still holding on to it. I don't have a problem with it because I hold for 12 months. You might as well, why don't you just get out and trade your investments? I don't trade my investments. You might want to. You might say, oh, but I'm going to take your approval. I'm going to take what you're saying, but I'm only going to hold things for a month at a time. That's up to you. I don't have the data to suggest you'll do better than me. Or you might say two months or three months, or you might say, not if it drops 25% from the highest it's been, but 5%. You might do that. I don't have the data to suggest what would happen if you did do that, because we don't live in multiple universes. Uh, and these are the stocks which didn't make my approved list, which Morgan Stanley said were great picks for next year. Take a picture. I'm not going to sit on slides for too long. Somebody once complained, oh, you don't give us a chance to write all this down. What planet were they on that you're writing stuff during a freaking webinar? Okay, these are the analysts and their views. Wells Fargo and Goldman's and RBC, they all think the market's going to be higher. This is the S&P 500 they're talking about. Only Morgan Stanley and Bank of America are negative. I don't care. I don't know. I hope it is positive because if I get a tailwind, I make more money. If I get a headwind, if Morgan Stanley are right, I'll make less money. Okay? I don't care what real, what which sectors might be overvalued. By the way, 43, just so for those who don't understand, what that price to earnings means is this. For every dollar of profit, you have to pay $43 for the share, okay? For every dollar the company makes in profit per share, right, you have to pay $43 to buy the share. Here, you only have to pay $11 for $1 of profit. Now, you might as well, profit's a profit. Why are you paying, whoops, why are you paying $43 for a real estate company and only 11 for financials? Let's all get into financials. No, because valuation isn't the only factor. Growth is. Dividend yields are. Momentum is. Cash flow generation is. There's a lot more complicated things than price to earnings. Otherwise, every idiot would just follow price to earnings and everybody would be rich. Why isn't everybody rich? It's not because they can't follow instructions. It's because there's more than one factor. You might say, well, wait a minute. Why don't I go for low price to earnings but high growth like consumer discretionary? I don't gamble on sectors. I still need to look at the individual companies to look at their valuation, not the sector valuation, their valuation and growth. And you might say, well, I'll push. Surely if the sector's good, then the company's going to do well. Not necessarily. And it's a roundabout way. Why don't I just go directly to the bloody company? Why would I go via the sector to the company? You might disagree with me. I'm not going to argue the toss over it. I'm going to look at the company. Okay, so I don't gamble on sectors. I do not gamble on geographies because I'm not a racist stock picker. So I don't say, hey, you come from a country with lots of brown people. I'm not going to buy your stocks. I'm not racist in my stock picking. Okay, so those who think, oh, I want a bit of Vietnam, a bit of China, a bit of... Uh, you're racist. You're not racist. You're just uh, uninformed. Uh, I want you all to be this happy. This was from one of my students. Okay, considering I only started investing since June 2020, my portfolio is up 85% in the first year. And so far in the second year, it's up almost 20%, four months still to go. So very happy. I remember you once said in our first Zoom call, I'll only mess things up if I do something stupid. This is not buying NFTs or cryptos getting these returns. These are buying multi-billion dollar massive companies, okay? Some of the names I've already given, right? So we're gonna, that's how happy I want everybody to be from my education, so that simple. So my one job is this, I'm gonna simplify things. We're gonna talk about SIPs and ISAs. I, I don't represent a brokerage or a SIP ISA firm, so I don't care who you use, whether it's an AJ Bell, a Barclays, a Halifax, a Hargreaves Lansdowne, free trade, uh, but as long as they're FCA regulated. I do care about that. They better be regulated. And I've never had a problem with somebody having a SIP or ISA which wasn't regulated. 
uh, and this is how we're going to do it. Okay. Now, some of you might not know what a simple ISA or a pension or, or, or even just investing is or how to buy a stock. Well, we can do that in the Q&A. More importantly, we're going we're gonna to do this. Uh, we're going to deal with the issue that you don't know which stocks to buy, how many to have, how long to hold them, or whether even if it's suitable for you. It might not be suitable for you, okay? Because your risk might, your appetite might not be suitable. These are the numbers, 12, 15, 25, 40, 10. My job is to turn every 10,000 my family has into 100K, into a million. Well, how long does that take? Is it possible? Let's We'll look at the maths on that in a second. 12-month holding period, 15 stocks minimum. You can have as many as 40 if you want. I'll show you the maths on why you don't want fewer and you don't want more than between 15 to 40. 25%, I already told you, if it drops 25% from the highest it's been since I bought it. That's my rule. You might have a different one. Up to you. Uh, I won't argue the toss on it, but you get the principle. There's going to have to be some rule, and it shouldn't be if it drops 1% from the highest it's been, and it shouldn't be if it drops 100% from the highest it's been. Okay? Uh, 40% is what I target. 30% comes from the Goldman Sachs formula, which I'll share with you in a second. 40% is therefore what I target because I actually filter even tighter than Goldman's do. And I give medals to my students who get 100% in 12 months on any of their stocks. So they get free medals uh, because I like to motivate them and it makes me happy. It makes them very happy. Okay. I'm co-chairman of the Lumbar Trust, which was set up by Lord Lumbar. It looks after widows and orphans. My co-chairman with me is Lord Billamoria, who's chairman of the Confederation of British Industry. When you make windfall gains, and investing is the easiest hard money you'll ever make, do something useful with it. Forgive me for patronizing you. Do something useful with it. Um, it'll, it's the only thing that'll make it. I mean, it's fulfilling to look after your uh, children and family. But once you've done that, do something useful as well, please. Uh, so forgive me for sort of patronizing you on that one or virtue signaling, call it what you wish. But it has made a difference. We've had people donate to us after watching webinars who've, after six months, said, oh, my God, I had a bit of a windfall. Remind me who you would suggest. So it's great. So how are we going to get that? Where does that 50 come from? Well, it comes from partly a tailwind. 30% comes from the Goldman Sachs formula, and it comes from filtering, filtering, filtering. So let's look at that. And I wish you all success. I had a great 2021. My pension went up 50%. I didn't know it was going to go up 50% in 2021, at the start of 2021. I had no idea it would. We just did what we did. Will 2022 be just as great a year for me? Probably not. Probably not. Okay. Follow me on LinkedIn. I always remind people on that. I'm kid. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Follow me on LinkedIn and you'll see the other stuff I do, but also because I will post videos and articles on there. So it's a useful place to get more of the stuff that I'm discussing today. And like I said, what I'm about to go into is not individual advice because I don't know you guys individually, okay? This is who you guys are. You're entrepreneurs and business owners who need that money to work harder. Your retirees want to sort out your grandkids' inheritance. You're busy professionals with no time to find out what to do with your savings. And that's a lot of you. Lawyers, accountants, dentists I deal with a lot. Um, yeah, lawyers, accountants, and dentists, I deal with a lot, medics, doctors, because uh, you guys are way too busy um, and you're earning quite good money. 20-somethings, that the foresight to plan now, very few of you will be in that. Frustrated saver with a SIP that the IFA or fund manager have sent. So I get a lot of people who've got SIPs and SASs, which are going nowhere. Their IFAs uh, producing next to nothing, charging massive fees, or wealth managers are, and their portfolio is not doing anything. So I sort of become the person on their side. At least they know what to ask them. That was 53% on the 12 months to November. Remember, hold for 12 months. 12 months to November. I'll show you what it is 12 months to December. So December to December, November to November. Because every month, I have 12-month holding approved list. I can only pick one of those 12 months because I can't. Otherwise, I'd be doing every 12 months with different. I'd have to have 12 lots of pockets. I have one pocket for 12 months. So I'm going to look at the January to January one, but this is the 12 months to 2021. And in actual fact, uh, our return was this benchmark. was about 50%, okay, excluding leverage. If you want to gamble, leave. If you want to make your money double by tomorrow, please leave, right? So this was Goldman Sachs's 40 stock trades to make now with an average upside potential of 45% for 2022, right? This is their list. I'm going to tell you, their entire list, but which ones met my approved list. There's no guarantee that it's going to go up 45%. There's no guarantee they're right. There's no guarantee the market's going to go up. There's no guarantee that there might not be nuclear oblivion in 2022. Got it? So I'm not guaranteeing anything. Let me make that absolutely clear. I'm not guaranteeing it. All I can say is when we've done this, it works. 
not every year. Every year isn't, it's not a 40% per annum bank account. Over the long term, it's what happens. Some years you do better, some years you do less. Uh, some years like the financial crisis, we made a loss. Yeah, in the financial crisis, we made a loss. That shouldn't be news to you. I've said that on the BBC. Um, you know, I'd have to be uh, ingenious to have made a profit in that year and every year since. Walmart, not on the approved list. It is on the Goldman's one. They think potential upside is 44%. See that number at the bottom? That's the Goldman number. It's not mine. It's theirs. It's not mine. These are their numbers. So you might want to record this because I'm going to go pretty quickly. Okay. Foot Locker didn't make my list. It made theirs. They think 76%, 47% for Eastman Chemical. Camels, theirs, not mine. Have you got your cameras ready? Okay. Alaska Air, they love it for some reason. doesn't make my list. Okay. I don't like it. 69%. They think DraftKings, 108%. Says Goldman's, not me. Uh, Zimmer, my private equity fund sold. Knee Creations, a company we'd invested into Zimmer. Zimmer is a billion-dollar company who make the Zimmer frames, amongst other things. So I like Zimmer because they thank you for buying my company, um, but it doesn't make my approved list. Penn National doesn't. Darling Ingredients doesn't. Target doesn't. Boeing doesn't. Agco doesn't. Uh, neither does Bunge. Neither. Ah, Dix does. Dix Sporting Goods. Full disclosure, I've now bought this. Okay, so I own Dix. Um, Right, got it. Oh, by the way, I know it says Charles Rock. That's not an advert. It's not sponsored. It's not an advert. It's just the one we did. The or my assistant took the screenshots. That's what happened. General Electric, uh, Deer and Co, FedEx. The rest didn't make my list. So which of theirs did? I'll show you another list that they produce. They produce a lot of lists. You know what big banks do? Produce a lot of stock names. Yeah. Uh, uh, then they're right sometimes with them. That's why I filter because they spray and pray. So that's why I filter. International flavors and fragrances didn't make my list. Kratos didn't. Uber didn't. Did in the past. It's just this year. We're talking right now, January. We're not talking last year. Yeah, in the past, you must say, oh, but Alpesh, I remember in 2020, you said buy Uber. Yeah, 12 months, they're up. Hello, it's 2022. Okay, Huntsman, Merck, Raytheon, Caterpillar, Ulta, FMC. These didn't, okay? Embra, I hope you've all got video cameras on your phones, right? Johnson, Controls, they think another 24%. I'm afraid it didn't make my list because my list is across 10,000 stocks, value, growth, income, cash flow, and so on. Element Solutions, Academy Outdoors, Spirit Air, Air Products, CVS, Moderna. Okay, watch to the end. I'm going to give you a free copy, not just of that book, but two others, uh, which are very good as well. That's the FTSE 100. That's the same it is now as it was in 1999. That's what your pension's tracking. I'm going to show you an article in the FT I wrote in 1999, which said I'm moving all my stock holdings from UK to US. That's not that's not the tip, by the way. That's not, oh, you're so clever. Well, I'll show you the article. And so your pension's where it was. Mine, actually, I have triple leverage S&P 500. So mine's up even just on the index tracking ninefold because it went up threefold, triple leverage, ninefold. I'll show you that all in a second. So you've got the evidence for it as well. And that's just the index tracking part. Yeah, I know it's so simple, but people don't do it. Underperformance rife amongst active fund managers. That's not just me saying it. That's 10 years ago in the FT, Chris Flood saying it. It's not changed, right? Those fund managers, what they do is they collect a lot of money. They then divide that money into, oh, we're only going to pick UK companies. So now gene pool, of course, they fail, right? And this is how they screw you up. Uh, just because they do well one year, Nobel Prize research from Eugene Famer shows that they don't have persistence of outperformance. Their fees, of course, drag down things a little bit, 10% every five years. I'm going to show you that. That that comes news to you. No, but I'm sure it's only half a percent. It said it. No, they're lying. And the Times article proves it. Uh, they know you won't leave. They're tied to a particular geography or a particular style, so they're picking for a narrow group. And as I said, they're trying to beat an index, which goes nowhere anyway. Therefore, they don't care about making you money. They care about just being better than how rubbish the index might be. Fund manager is rich, they're paid either way, so they're not even highly motivated. Do you know who's highly motivated? You are. Fund manager is trying not to lose. They're not trying to make you money, they're trying not to lose, because they know if they don't lose, then you won't leave. Well, if you don't want to lose, put it in a bloody bank account, okay? Put it in a bank account, and whatever they pick, it's not bespoke to you, they've got 10,000 clients. You know who's only got one client? You. You don't believe me? That's St. James's place being taken through the ringer by the Times and their investigation of how shit they are. Really. Okay. You can read the article on the internet. You can take a picture of it and read it later if you wish. 91's another fund manager. Their cautious managed fund, 1.2 billion pounds 
is down 11%. I suppose to be cautious managed in one of the biggest bull markets in history and they're down 11%. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that those fund managers who manage that are congenitally demented. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they're stupid. I'm not saying they were the dunces at the back of the class or they just went to the right schools, which gave them guaranteed the right grades, which got them into the right profession because mommy and daddy knew somebody in the fund management industry. I'm not possibly saying that. Poverty hidden grap, right? I'm not going to labor this point. I'll move on to more of the stocks and the process because time's kept, uh, running up. That's the FTSE, as I said. It's not just since 1999. Any rolling five-year period, it's probably going to be down or flat pretty much since the Second World War. That's the NASDAQ. That's the S&P 500. I'm not simply saying, oh, just buy American because that won't help you either if you pick a load of rubbish ones, okay? That's your typical fund. Now, whether you're in a job or whether you're looking at funds, ask them, give me your fund documentation. It's called a kid documentation, okay? Uh, key information documentation, key investor information document, right? They've got to give it to you. This one, this genius, over three years in one of the world's biggest bull markets is down 2%, and he calls himself a growth fund. He's not bloody growing your money, is he? They'll have these numbers like 8 out of 10. They'll have lots of diamonds because all these... I was going to swear again then, but I can't, I'm out of it. Uh, all these people are in on it. All right, they're in the they're in on the bullshit. So they'll mark it up. They're just basically a bunch of people who went to the same schools marking each other's homework. Oh, hello, Jeremy. Uh, tell me, what what do you think? Oh, I think you deserve an A, mate. Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. My job is to convince you can be better than a paid fund manager. Right? How do I know? And have I got a big mouth about it? Yeah, I've got a big bloody mouth about it. So the FT said, you've got a big mouth. Let's let's bring you down a notch or two. So they tried. That's their competition over a 12-month period to forecast the FTSE 100. I came top. And I told them, when I win, and I will win your competition, I want my face on your front cover of your business section. And I want you to say, Patel is top FTSE forecaster. Woodford came 14th. He's the one you gave all your money to. You didn't give it to my fund. You gave it all to him. We don't have a retail fund anyway. We only have institutions because institutions write big big checks. Private investors write thousand pound checks. Institutions write million pound ones. Nine point two billion pounds they gave him, and he screwed it away. So this is another reason why you need to be better educated because your it's your livelihood, it's your pension. This is a screenshot from an actual fund. Invest ten thousand pounds. That's if you cash in after five years. A thousand pounds, and that's what they recommend you do. Keep it for five years. Why? Because they've got kids who need to go through private school. Thousand pounds is total cost. Ten percent. Ten percent in fees. It'll tell you in the document. It'll tell you on page fifty-six, but it will tell you, and it'll be in tiny print. I've had to blow this up uh, by a magnification of about a million. Yeah. All right. So how do we get those numbers? This is how we got it, and I'm going to teach you some important lessons about investing to get your mind straight about it. Okay, which is this. These were the top performers I had in getting that 53%. I didn't know that Crocs, who make those ugly shoes, was going to be up 209%. All I could do was pick a bunch of companies which met my resilience criteria. I didn't know Crocs was going to go up 200% because if I did, I would have put all my money into Crocs. I would have borrowed 10 million from someone else and put that into Crocs as well, obviously. Now, do you understand, therefore, the difference between what somebody like me is trying to do and what we're saying we can do? We can't forecast the future or look into a crystal ball and tell you what's going to happen. What we can say is that we've done all we can. And that's my job is to educate you so you can do all you can. Right. So I didn't know Saltet was going to go up 180 percent. But I'll be sure to tell you the top performers. Yes. And let me tell you the ones which went over 100 percent. If I knew they were going to go up over 100 percent, I would have only bought these. But I didn't. Okay, just only buy these because I didn't know they were the ones which would go up. These were the ones which ran up 50 to 100%. If I knew they were going to go up 50 to 100%, I would have bought only these. By the way, if you're thinking, no, there's Finnish stocks, Swedish, there's NASDAQ, New York Stock Exchange, there's London Stock Exchange. So it's not to do with a country. It's not to do with a sector. There's everything from life insurance to banks to technology to software companies to industrial support companies. So if it was easier saying, oh, but you know what you should have done? Just bought software company. No, that wouldn't have helped. This is what a typical performance for me will look like over a 12-month period. What will it look like? Yes, there'll be a fat tail of high performance at one end, but I'm afraid there'll be a few 
stocks which don't perform. The criteria is the same for all of them. So wait a minute, Albert, you had the same criteria. How come some got 300% and some didn't? The criteria is to minimize the tail. It's to minimize the ones which might not be positive. Overall, therefore, you get your 54%. Why was it 54, not 200%? It would have been 200 if I could pick just one stock and I knew ahead of time. Why was it 54% and not zero? Well, because the criteria of value, growth, income, cash flow, Sortino, that's why. Do I have a problem investing at all-time highs? No, I've had to do that for the last, I mean, you tell me, couple of years. And the data from JP Morgan's private banking division, a friend of mine used to be head of that, Ravi Bolchandani, 14.6% uh, or 50% over three years. So in other words, the point is whether you invest at all-time highs or not, it's not as bad as you think. This is a Goldman Sachs chart which shows why it should be one year. It used to be in the 50s and 60s, and this is where you're getting your financial education from usually. It used to be you could hold for buy and hold forever, i.e. seven years. It's not anymore. The world moves too quickly. It's too interconnected. Technology disrupts things way too quickly. You hold for 12 months. You put things on probation. You start again. Okay? Uh, so that old notion, oh, you just buy and hold forever. Yeah, if you have a time machine and you live in the 1950s. These are the criteria, valuation growth. Now, you're not going to go through all of this because the problem is, wait a minute, Alpesh, there's so many valuation criteria. There's price earnings, price earnings growth, price to book, price to sell, discount cash. Are you going to teach us all this? Of course not, right? We need, But we know it's important, but we know it's not the only factor. We know sales growth, earnings growth, and cash flow growth are important, but we know that they're not the only factor. How do we know they're important, Alpesh? Well, other than common sense, guess what? There's trillions riding on this for a lot of people. Do you not think somebody has thought, let's research what moves stocks? Yeah, I'll share the research with you in a second. Income, such as dividends and profits, are important. Momentum is important, but it's not the only factor. Okay, and if you said to me which of these is the most important, I'd probably say cash flow, but that's that's, that's not, the, it's like saying what's the most important thing for Novak Djokovic to win a match. And I'd say, well, his racket. But, well, wait a minute, if he hasn't got his trainers, then you, know, so you see what I mean? It's not a relevant question. What's the most important? And statistics, and I'll show you the statistics in a second. We want to tick every box. Why do we want to tick every box? This year, you're going to keep hearing people saying, oh, the market's moving to valuation stocks, or it's going and rallying on momentum, or it's really going for growth. Well, we need to tick every box because we don't want to gamble on what the market likes. That's one piece of research we rely on. I rely on and steal from other people. What has worked in investing? Studies of investment approach and characters associated with exceptional returns. If you go to the same place where you're going to download this book, you'll find the research there. I'll give you the link in a second. It's investing-champions.com in case you know you can't wait. Don't worry about that bit. I've published all of this stuff from my FT columns, my books, my Bloomberg TV show. So it shouldn't come as a surprise. I've got no conflict with you. I'm not a broker trying to get you to broker with me. I'm not a retail fund manager. We don't have retail clients. We have institutions like Agon, AXA, family offices, like family office of the founder of Cobra Beer, fam family office of the founder of New Look. That's the kind of investors we have and sovereign wealth funds. Okay. Um, there are bankers, not that it matters, and, and so on and so forth. We have a tiny little office there. At that building. I wish I owned the building. I don't. I'm not in the, I wish I was in the Mayfair property owning business. Even hedge funds and private equity funds don't really have that much money. That was the first article, 1999. In the FT, as I said, you should probably sell up your entire UK holdings and buy only US stocks. Now you might say, well, you called it right once, Arpesh. No, there was the competition. There was a whole bunch of other stuff as well. And last year and the year before. And the anyway, enough of that. The reason I'm showing you that is so you know that there's pedigree to this. It's not just TikTok. Assume you plan to invest over 15 years. So let's look at the two most important bits of the webinar now. One is how much can you make? Secondly, what's the process and which are the stocks right now in your portfolio and your son's portfolio and which you think will go up, which you're putting your neck on the line for, okay? So those are two bits. Uh, okay, first bit, how much can you make? Assume you plan to invest over 15 years. Let's say you only, with the education I'm giving you here, only make 20% per annum. Some years you'll make more, some years you'll make less. Forget the 40%, forget the 50%. Let's say you only make 20%. Uh, unless you've got 10K, that's all you've got in your savings, all right? And you also plan to add 500 a month because you're sensible. You'll have 600K in 15 years. That's basically what my son's, uh, uh, he was born four years ago. That's where he sits now, okay? He's about three years and 11 months. So he sits here. He's actually a bit higher because we've had a really good market and I'm his dad. So he's a bit higher, but assume he's just there. You know why people don't do this? And that's his junior ISA. So his maximum allowance is about 9,000. The year he was born, it was only 3,000 or 4,000. 4,000, I think. Last year, it was 9,000. This year, I think it's again 9,800. So we'll put that in. And we'll move him 
hopefully from there to here. By the time he goes to university, he should have about half a million dollars, the sport little brat in his ISA, if I haven't spent it all. Now, why don't people do this? The reason they don't do it is because, look, until you get to about year eight, there isn't much of a difference. And get what? It's only by year 14 that you're going from 480,000 to 560,000. So what's that? Uh, 80,000 more in a year. Okay? 80 grand in a year. Forget, oh, which stocks pay high dividends. Just take it out of the bloody capital if you need income. 80 grand in a year. It's only that. It's not happening in this year. It happens as it accumulates over time. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, isn't that that's got a special name, hasn't it? That little compounding thingy. Yeah, why don't people do it? They don't do it because for the first five or six or seven years, it barely looks like it's budging from your contributions. They can't be asked. Sadly, you've got to go through the seven years to get to that. They all want to start off here. There is no magic formula for starting up there. All right. Now, let's say instead you're one of those business owners, rich professionals, retirees, and you plan to invest just for another 10 years. Some have sold your businesses and they want to just do this. OK, well, let's see what that looks like for you. You, with my help, let's say you still make that 20 percent with the education you're getting. Some years more, some years maybe less. Nothing extravagant, nothing pessimistic. OK, let's say you've got 100K saved up because you're a bit older. You might have a million. Well, just multiply all these numbers by 10 and you plan to add one and a half each month. Well, you'll have a million then. So 100 to a million in 10 years. Now, my job is to try and get it sooner for my family because that number, I'm supposed to use my skills and know-how to up. But let's say I can't. Then, yeah, it'll take me 10 years. There's the maths. I can't escape the maths. Okay, it'll take me 10 years. It'll actually take me less because I also use leverage. Uh, but that's my business. And I'll talk about it. But that's my business. That's my risk. So it'll actually take me less. It takes me uh, about a third of the time thanks to leverage. So that's where we are, 100K, and in 10 years, it should get to a million. All right? Okay, that's it, at 20%. If you get 40%, it'll happen a lot sooner. If you use leverage, it'll happen even sooner. Leverage is risky. Don't use leverage. Only Alpha should use leverage, okay? Stocks, this is why I said between 15, at least have 15. You can have as many as 40 if you want, but I generally say 15 to 40 is fine. Okay, more than 40, you're just not diversifying away risk. You think you are. The reason you're making a mistake giving money to lots of fund managers is every fund manager has about 100 stocks. Okay, so you've got five funds, you've got 500 stocks. They're just pissing away in brokerage fees, and that's why they're not performing either. Right, I'm going to tell you something my head fund's going to launch. We want to float it on the stock market in about three years. We want to get venture capital investment next year. I'm going to tell you that in the last 10 minutes. The reason I asked for your permission is because, and you don't have to stay for that, is because sometimes when people hear me talking about myself and my plans, right at the end, they get really angry. They're usually ones on parole or day release, but they get angry sometimes. So I just ask your permission. Well, this is So now let's talk about the final bit of the webinar, which is this bit, holding strategy, right? This is the bit you're going to do. We're wrapping everything together. So now grab that pen and paper, right? This is the important bit. So we're going to tick the value box, we're going to tick the growth box, the income, which is dividend yield. So valuation is going to be based on some measure of profitability to share price. Growth is simple, year-on-year -year revenue growth and earnings growth. Uh, and if they miss one of these, it's fine because the others might make up for it. So it's a bit like saying, oh, you know what? She was the perfect wife. Everything's ideal except she wears size 10 shoes. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's fine. We still go for it, right? Value, growth, income, cash flow. That's the most important. I'll give you the Goldman's formula and which stocks fit that at the moment, which I like. Return, consistency without performance, volatility. I want that to be low. I want that to be below 20%. Write that down. I want that to be below 20%. Outperformance of the market. So what's called a high Sortino and high alpha. You can write that down and learn about elsewhere. Now, if the stocks which are in my approved filtered list also are picked by gurus or a bank like Goldman's, so what? So be it, right? That's fine, as I've shown you earlier on. But I care about what's in my list, not what they've picked. Okay, so that's that's called a tactic. Just because somebody else has picked it, that's just tactical. Strategy is value, growth, income, cash flow, consistent outperformance. Okay, that's the slide. So, and the book I promised you to keep you all sweet and happy. You'd have to wait to the end. Investinghappychampions.com. You'll also download that book, which is successful strategy and the investors who made them, and the intelligent investor forward by Warren Buffett, and my book, Investing Unplugged, which is an international bestseller. Right, so. Guru buys. These are the top 10 holdings. I've updated this this morning, okay, of these particular gurus. So Warren Buffett's got 293 billion. He's got 44 stocks. These are his top 10 holdings. Now, I'm going to buy Lowe's. I told you earlier, um, not just because it was on Goldman. No, it was on Morgan Stanley's list. 
and it was on my approved filtered list. And now it's on bloody Bill Ackman. The hedge fund manager has got 10 billion. He's got 10 billion. Can you see it there? And he's got seven stocks and he's got 18% of his money in lows. It's coming up a lot. Most importantly, it was on my approved list. I care about my list more than I do about Morgan Stanley or billionaire Bill Ackman, right? So I'm going to after this webinar. That's not a stock recommendation to you for a very obvious reason, other than it'd be a criminal offense to give you financial advice over a webinar. I don't know who you are. So how can I give you advice? It can't be advice. That's why there's a law which says you cannot give advice to people you don't bloody know on stock picks, okay? So just so you know, right? Um, there's a few others. I haven't had the chance before this webinar, or rather my assistant hasn't, to go through these and see which are also on my approved list uh, as well. But I'll do that later and I'll, some, I'll probably put it on my um, LinkedIn or my Telegram channel or something, okay? So take a picture if you wish. Um, what if you did that with all the fund managers, uh, all the gurus? Then you'd come up with a table like this. Uh, that's Amazon, which is the darkest, then Facebook, Microsoft, doesn't matter. It's got to still be in my approved filtered list, okay? So that's the S&P 500. Darker the green, the more gurus, big name, hot shots have it. Lighter the green, few of them have it. Now, what I tend to do, and nobody should do this other than Alpish Patel, I leverage on low-risk stocks. What do I mean by low-risk stocks? I mean stocks which have a return distribution over 250 days, a statistical stock distribution like this. Well, just because they had that distribution over the last 250 or the last three years doesn't mean they'll do it again this year, does it? No, because history doesn't guarantee the future. I mean, if you don't know that, you're not human, right? But it doesn't guarantee it, but it's a you know it's something to look at. So Costco, I have two times leverage on. I use CFDs or spread bets or exchange-traded products to get my two times leverage. Only Alpa should use leverage because leverage is risky. Why? Because in a 20-day period, you could be down 34% if you have two times leverage. Most brokers will want you to have 10 times leverage. This is why how spread betting companies make money, by the way. They know over a 20-day period, the stock can drop more than people assume, and they give you a margin requirement, which is so small that you end up uh, having 10 times leverage without realizing it, and you're down 170% in 20 days. Some of you have got that immediately. If you haven't, don't worry about it. Just that's how spread betting companies make money because they're on the other side of the bet. They're the casino. It's a no-brainer for them. Just like a casino, they know you've got a high probability of losing in a short space of time, and you've taken on more risk than you realize because you've got a small margin number. Oh, I only need to put 10 pounds down. Yeah, but that's because they've just given you leverage on 10 times the capital. Anyway, these are some of the things I hold. So I have two times leverage on all my five quality picks. I've already told you the names, Amazon, Alphabet, uh, Apple, Facebook, and uh, Microsoft. And I also have, so there you go, two times leverage. So in a year, I can get a 100% return in Microsoft. I'm not saying it'll happen this year. It did last year because that's what Microsoft did on two times leverage. Okay, Apple, actually more, 153% return. I've got three times leverage on S&P. Doesn't mean you should do it. Doesn't mean it's sensible for me to do it this year. But then again, I've got quite a big buffer. I've got 209% just from, that's my son. So since he was born, it's up 209% since he was born. Thanks, daddy. Yeah, he's only four. Doesn't thank his daddy at all, ever. Okay, uh, investing what banks are telling their richest clients. So, just because it's on my approved filtered list and a bank says it doesn't mean I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it if it's on my list, not just because the bank says it. So we looked at, say, Citigroup in April 2020. Some of you in my webinar, you'll know this. We looked at Citigroup, okay, and that was the aggregate. It was a price target of 78, and the price was 42, and it was on my approved filtered list. So the analysts were saying that. So we said, yeah, let's see what we can get. We got 66% return as a result. We got 250% return in Capri. Well, if you got 250% return in Capri, why didn't you just buy that and nothing else? I've already told you why. I didn't know it was going to go up 250%. Yeah, but the analyst average price target was 134. Yeah, so what? I'm not going to trust my future on them. So it was one of 15 stocks, one of 20 stocks. I can't remember how many, one of 22 stocks, okay? Uh, Disney, that was for my sister, 73%, similar thing. She wanted to stop because my nephews and nieces have got private school fees, so she didn't want anything too risky. Went through stuff, and I said, it's on my approved filtered list. Also, yeah, it's Disney. Uh, smaller upside actually ended up generating. It overshot. There was a tailwind. That's what tailwinds do. Okay, they give you more than you expected. They give you a windfall. That's what tailwinds do. They give you a windfall. Tailwindfall, call it. Like that. March 2020, that was Uber. People thought, you're nuts. 
March 2020, COVID, Uber, are you crazy? Well, we looked at the numbers and the cash flows and everything else, and guess what? 85% return. Okay, 200% return in Viacom. Did I know it was going to go up 200%? No, of course I didn't. I knew it was in my approved filtered list, and the analysts thought it would go up 190%, but, you know, it did, it did. Anyway, I won't go through all of these. And you will look at not just what the analysts have said, how good they are, but also, also who agrees with them and how recently. Okay, so there's a lot more to be done than just, oh, let's know that. What do big banks tell their clients? Now, this is probably the most important thing. This is from Goldman Sachs Asset Management. I was at lunch with their then chairman, Jim O'Neill, now Lord O'Neill. Uh, and his team presented my hedge fund with this research. They were doing a PowerPoint. They showed us this. It blew my socks off. I've copied and used it ever since. So it's been over a decade. Uh, I've added it basically to my existing pre-existing algorithms, and it's helped a lot. Uh, equally, you don't have to follow it. You can just get them to do it for you. Uh, just go to any branch of Goldman Sachs with $50 million, and they'll happily do all the calculations and research I'm giving you for you. And the croaky or cash return on capital invested is this. That's the formula. Uh, and essentially what it's saying is if you've got capital that you've invested in stock like a machine to make sweets and you sell that and you get cash flow, the companies which are in the top 25% of all companies by cash flow, okay, generate 30% per annum in stock price performance. Not every year. It's not a bank account. Look at that. In that, during the financial crisis, nobody did. It went down. It went down. The 30% per annum is over a prolonged period of time. So if you want to do it as a guarantee this year, Abish, can you get me 30% guaranteed this year? No. Somebody asked me that. I said, can you get me 30% guaranteed? I said, no, because my name is not Bernie Madoff. Okay. You crazy? You insane? I told them also. I said, you should put all your money in a bank account um, and give the keys to your spouse because you're going to lose a lot of money. Don't go to anybody called Jack and ask for magic beans either because people like that worry me. 30% per annum. Some years you won't. Companies in the top 25% by cash flow. I pick companies in the top 10%. And I look at valuation, revenue growth, dividend deals, and a bunch of other things. Okay. So just because the hedge funds, I showed you this earlier, take a picture. Just because the hedge funds have it, okay, I'm going to buy Lowe's. Not because he's got it, because on my proof filtered list, it was on Morgan Stanley's and Bill Ackman's got it. Might not be suitable for you. Globant, I still own. I've got to rejig my. Uh, portfolio for 2022. So I don't know if Globant will stay in there. Cadence I own. It was in my filtered list and a lot of hedge funds owned it. All right. Uh, as long as it's in my approved list, I think I'm boring you to death with the approved listing. Right. So that's where we are. That's where we are. That's what the hedge funds have got. Right. Take a picture. Their top 10 buys and sells. I'll tell you what I own in a second. Here we go. There it is. Goldman Sachs reckon these will go up by at least 50%. All right. These are which I hold. Doesn't mean I'm going to hold them for the next 12 months because some of them are coming up to 12 months over. But at the time of speaking to you, they're on my approved list and I own them. So this is in my portfolio right now. Okay. But they might not be going forward. As you saw, Autodesk didn't make the approved list right now. Um, but it's in my portfolio for the moment because 12 months aren't up. I don't, but they were in my approved list and I don't hold and they're not on my approved list. But Goldman seemed to like them. Right. So there you go. Take a picture if you wish. Right. And I reserve the right to buy some of these going forward. I don't know. Um, as you've seen. So you see some of mine, some of my sons over the last year or so. OK, so you can see what's in and what isn't and all the rest of it. We also look at what a hedge funds doing, such as Night Owl, 57 percent per annum over the last three years. So the reason we look to see what do they own in their portfolio is this reason. We don't think we're the only ones with the right answers. So we like to double check, cross-refer, filter. If they're, if they, you remember Venn diagrams at school, if their portfolio and ours coincides, great. That might give us an extra reason to do it. But theirs alone isn't the reason. Or people like Quinn Bolton of Needham, 98% return per rating average over two years. Okay, so anybody who gets over 40%, we'll look to see is there a cross-reference with ours. My team haven't yet looked at which are in my approved filtered list for this. They're doing it right now. I just... Just there's only so much work I can get them to do. Okay, I'll have that updated very soon. I would have thought, uh, and we'll also look at the downside. So with Costco, which I own and like and have double leverage on, we'll look at the probability of it moving to the downside. So what's the probability it'll be more than twenty percent underwater if held for a whole year? Now I want you to look at this for Apple. I own Apple. Okay, I've got two times leverage on it. There's a forty percent probability it will be more than twenty percent underwater. It's not the only one. eBay, Oracle. 
uh, Meta, Microsoft, 18% probability it'll be down 20%. If you if you think a big stock can't be down 20%, or if you're going to panic that it's the end of the world because the big company is down 20%, you shouldn't be investing. In the words of Warren Buffett, some people should just not be investing in stocks. They just shouldn't be doing it. All right? If you're not aware that these numbers exist because you thought, oh, my God, I didn't realize. If I told you that this is Apple, what's the probability it could be down 20% if held for a year? Most of you won't say 40% chance. You might say 10% chance. You might say 15 And most people, even if they say 40%, when it actually happens, they still panic, even though they said themselves, this could happen. Right. OK, so I want you to learn that. Take a picture of this if you wish. There's other stocks that I've put in there and their probability distributions. I haven't done it for every single one because it would be too much. We sometimes also look at discount cash flows. S&P Global. Uh, this is on my filtered list and on a discount cash flow basis. It's 41 percent undervalued. Tempo is 45 percent. I own full disclosure S&P Global Inc. I don't own Tempo. I reserve the right to buy it after this webinar because um, I've got to rejig my portfolio. So I reserve the right to buy any stock I've mentioned in this portfolio. So that's the magic holy grail. Okay, we have this is blurred out for a reason because it's an old slide to show you for illustrative purposes. If it wasn't blurred out, people would think this is my secret list right now. It isn't. Okay, value, growth, income, cash flow, an algorithm which tells me out of seven, eight, nine, ten, um, and it ha if it's green, it means I like it. Cash flow, which ones meet? My clash requirement, if they meet and they're in the top 10%, guess what? They get a green. Uh, momentum, last six months, has it gone up at least? I Can it weather the recent storms? Yes, then it's green. Uh, Sortino, which is upside reward, downside risk or volatility, one divided by the other. Is reward greater than risk? Yes, then it'll be green. Very few meet that criteria. Alpha, ability to outperform the market. Most important of all of those, probably cash return on capital invested because that can be 30% anyway. Uh, okay, invented all of this. Well, started working on it. It wasn't completed really until 2010 when I had the Goldman's meeting, the lunch. Uh, when I was at university, I've used all of this stuff in my books, my articles, and then to set up my private equity fund and my uh, hedge fund. Okay, uh, that's my most successful student. She manages billions now. She worked for me for two years. If you look at her SEC filings, you'll notice that every time she launches a new fund, she'll always credit that she started a career with me uh, and worked for me for two years. Okay. And then from there went to Newton and now manages about 10 billion. So we used to get a lot of people saying at the end of all of this, hey, okay, you've taught us, you've given us names. You've taught us how we should fish. You've given us some fish. Can you just keep doing it forever? And we said, no, that's not what hedge funds do. It's not what the business we're in. Um, or I want to be in. And we thought, well, wait a minute, what if we spin off a company which we can float on the stock market because then it's worth it for us because then it's a billion-dollar business to disrupt the financial uh, uh, services industry, the fund management industry, all those underperforming fund managers. Now, the only way to do that is if you don't charge people fees every day, every week, every month. Otherwise, you're just like a fund manager. The only way to do that is if they pick their own broker. Otherwise, Guess what? You're tying them down anyway. All right. So we thought, let's put together the ideal. What do people want? They want to be able to do it at their own pace. They want to have the one-to-ones with me. Okay. And with the first 200, it's always me that I give.